The following podcast is a Conscious Waves production. Hi, I'm Louise. And I'm Chris. And we are Conscious Conscious Waves. Waves. Well, welcome to another episode of Everyday Journey Inspiring Conversations. We're back again. We are back again. <laughs> we just uh, hope you enjoyed Jason Stevenson. He was good, wasn't he? He was great. Very yeah. inspirational and calm and, yeah, lovely bloke. And to think, you know, what he again went through mm. and to have that amazing story of how he came out of it. Yeah. And uh, and to finish it all off with him going into the uh, Simpson Desert. Yeah, I'm still inspired about mom. that. <laughs> so, yeah, we've still got to... Uh, Throw out the uh, challenge to you about I'm do it. I've just got to just got to get myself prepared. So we have been talking about it. So yep. since we've been yeah. chatting with uh, Jason, so yeah, um, still on the cards it's, for me. It's something I still really want to do. Exactly right. Exactly. Well, today, yes, we have a new guest. Obviously, mm-hmm. now this one's a really interesting one. We were lucky enough to be introduced to this bloke from our beautiful friend. And mentor Bev, Beverly Boltitude, one of oh, our yeah, earlier Bev. guests. Mm-hmm. She she was very excited and I think she's helped us be in touch with a couple of other people as well. Yeah. Um, however, we knew this bloke, uh, knew of him, I guess. Yeah. Uh right back in the 1980s, I think yeah. was mm-hmm. when we uh we would have first had a bit of a thought about it. Mm-hmm. And we would have listened to some of his music. Yeah, well, I know I did. I yeah. had um a couple of these back in those days. Tapes. Apes. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yep. So anyway, he was born in um, England. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he was over in Sussex, I think. Yes, Sussex. Mm-hmm. And so he spent his early childhood there. Mm-hmm. And then he came out and his whole family moved to Melbourne. Look, he's lived in so many parts of Australia. So he's gone to Melbourne. He's gone over to West the, uh um, South Australia, I think, first, then over to Western Australia, and now I think he's finally settled in Sydney. So yeah. it's going to be great to hear. He's done some amazing things. If I told, if I actually read out all of the things in his 50 years of um, this, <laughs> we most probably, probably would be interviewing him. <laughs> we wouldn't have time to talk to him. No. Which is exceptionally wonderful. It is. And it's yes. going to be really fun to see how his first part of his musical career has moved him through to when we would have heard about him and found out and yeah. listened to his music in the 80s yes. and to what he's still doing now. So it sounds mm-hmm. like it's been an absolutely amazing journey. Yeah. Now, I'm sure there was some probably tough parts as well as some easy parts in this, and so that's yeah. what I'm very, very excited about to find out. So yeah. um, we'll be back after the break with our new guest. Okay, I'm looking forward to it. Me too. Okay, see, see you soon. Check out our website for podcasts, articles, inspiration, and more. Have you signed up for our monthly newsletter? Go to www.consciouswaves.life and join us to receive yours now. Well, we're back. We're we're back. Very, very keen to introduce the amazing, and Mm. it's going to be an amazing journey today. Yes. An amazing man, Ken Davies, who has been writing some beautiful ambient music. But there is so much about him that we're about to find out, actually. And I'm I'm very, very keen. So thanks so very much for joining us from your lovely place in, uh, I think you're on the northern beaches in Sydney, are you? Yeah, correct. Yeah. I've lived here for over 30 years now, developing into 
the Ken Davis Sanctuary of Music. It's a, it's a sanctuary. People, when they visit, they always feel totally at home and uh, very, very impressed. And I just say, well, it's just that that's this is how I live and this is who I am. So it's nice to be able for people to come in and feel what ha- what happens. There's so much happening. I have a, uh, a wall here in front of me that you can't see with a thousand pictures of my whole wow. career there from the early days right through. So yeah, they come, people come, wow. Wow. <laughs> oh well, thank just you for imagining it. <laughs> thank you for letting us into part of your sanctuary. It's mm. a, it's great. Yeah. So we I just mentioned earlier in the introduction that you're originally you were born in England. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, British by birth and yep. uh, uh spent my young years there with very very nice parents, very good. You know, a lot of people have trouble with their early parents. My my parents were my mother sang. My father every Friday would come home with the latest pop records, and and he was Sagittarius like me. I only just found that out. All right, wow. Which is became a quite a nice thing for for me because he adapted himself very well to get the four boys, mum, having a suitcase. And I think I had about a hundred pounds. To come to Australia, that was a big move, and we were also ready to come over. And so I was thirteen when I arrived. Yeah, okay. right. And you went to Melbourne, did you? Is that where you landed? Initially, Melbourne, and mm-hmm. then uh, uh, Mum had some relations with uh, a very good person in Sydney who was uh, quite well up high in the um, you know development of of engines and things like that. So. My father, because my father was a qualified fitter and turner, he got him to come over here and, and we so we settled in Elizabeth, which was Queen Elizabeth's town outside oh, wow. of Adelaide, yeah. But, uh, but I knew uh, at that point that um, the, the, big, the, the most highest point in, in uh, the employment thing was the bank manager and that wasn't for me, so I went out on my quest. Spent three years in the army actually, as a and got a, a an amazing books job, and that 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 put the whole precedence together for me to be in bands, feed the band, earn a good living. Not like most musicians struggling, mm-hmm. enough to buy the equipment, and always always had a job, and always loved my cooking. So that oh, was terrific. such a nice situation there, and that and that. Um, uh, to, that took off after I got out of the army. I was up in the north of uh, Western Australia for a while, on really big money, uh, cooking for all the miners and also for, for the airline as they came in to Dampier and whatever. And then off off on a ship, the Kelly Loro to London, um, and there that's when my whole experience in music really took off. Fantastic. So what, what happened? What was what was the big moment? Oh, well, it was, the, the big moment was that on the ship going over, uh, I was in the cabin with Cher in the cabin with a couple of guys and they one of them had a guitar and I'd all, and I'd been dabbling in keyboards for the whole time I was in the in the in the army and just going around every music shop and and dabbling and so on. That, so the pull of music was always there. But our first song I wrote, or, or sorry, composed on the, or played on the guitar, learned was the House of the Rising Sun. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. By the time I got to England, I was playing on this guitar, and that just sort of went. So when I got to England, bought a guitar, first song I wrote was Do They Have to Kill the Whales? Mm. And that's on YouTube with a video. And that started my environmental time, you know. I've always cared about nature, but no whales, to see them slaughtered and all that was, you know, that's just not me. Um, and so that that was a, a really strong part of, of, you know, so that was the first song. And then after then it just poured, you know, lots of music coming in. And then during one of my times in Adelaide as a, as a chef of a college, I had a three-day beam down by the most incredible beam of probably from the angels direct. This is what you're going to do, Ken. Wow. So how old were you about then? Oh, I was 20, 21. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, and uh, the, my boss at the time, who was the boss of the college catering department, she said to me, gee, Ken, you seem a little strange at the moment. And I said, oh, I just can't, can't tell you about what's going on. This is just amazing. I'm getting all this in. And, um, yeah, that lasted three days. And after that, um, the band started. I joined a couple of bands as a member. That didn't last too long, but it, I got all the experience of both bands because I was always the, the dream of of the huge international success was all, always there. So it was so being a Sagittarius, I was the leader of the band, my own band. I got all the players in, and a very very big taskmaster to the to the actual playing ability of all the guys. They had to be brilliant that I knew, were, you know, was going to get us there. So, I, I mean, I was, I considered myself good, but I, but I had to have those guys around me as good, if not better, so that we, the focus was always on and on. So then the songs just came, lots and lots of songs. I wrote one called The Independent Lady. Uh, that's a great song all about women, you know, being strong, independent, having their own mind, their own fashions, all the things that they should have without a domineering man. You know, I played it to to a friend recently because she's a woman that I said, I'm, designate, you know, I'm uh, designating song to you as one of my parties here because you are the, the ultimate independent lady. You are really the... And she was so happy when I sang. You know, I sang over the top of the song to her. Mm-hmm. You're an independent lady. You've got style. I love the way you... Act. I love the way you smile. There should be many women more like you who know what to do. Yeah, it's a good song. And then lots of other songs. And then I, uh, I, I, as I progressed in the band and we became professional, I took the band to Perth. So we had a lot of success in Adelaide. And then I said, "Okay, guys, we're we're uh, we're going to Perth for a couple for a time." So we all got it. We built a roadie van in the truck and. I saw all the photos here. They have to come round sometimes. And, um, yeah, so that was the beginning of the Khan band, K-H-A-N. I had an Afghan by then called Khan, the Afghan. So the band was called, named after him. He was so beautiful, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, then time in Perth, and that's when that we supported all the top bands that came in if we weren't headlining ourselves. The one big band, the one big support with Sherba at the Perth showgrounds. 
we uh, I was into all the glamour stuff, you know, the glamour clothes. I, I, I really wanted to make it big and, you know, we always had sequin shirts and silk trousers and high-heeled shoes and the whole bit, you know, and that was <laughs> the, the stage thing. And um, so we're on the... We're on the stage doing the sound check, uh, and Sherbert had just finished their sound check, so it was our time. So we got on, and a huge wind gust blew the backdrop, the massive backdrop back forward, and smashed all the gear on the stage. All of our gear went over. All their gear went over. That was amazing. And uh, so everything stopped for three days, and. And then everything got replaced, and and uh, we played a, a full evening, two evenings at the Perth concert hall with them. So that was just so. When I see Daryl, I always remind him about that. So I remember Daryl when when the, uh, the backdrop went over, you know. And he said, "Yeah, wow, wasn't that tragic?" And I said, "Yeah, it was. What a year, you know." Anyway, that's that story. Oh, great. That would have been, I mean, yeah. as much as that's terrible, it's a fantastic story to have, yeah. I looking back right. on it. Yeah, so after so after a, full, a while in Perth, um, I wanted to take the band to Sydney and there were some members that at that stage were wanting to go their own separate ways, whatever. So I became a two-piece. And I've, I've, I, by that stage, I was gathering all my electronic gear over time and mastering all of that, and then when so when I got to Sydney, we 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 were a, we we became a duo, and that duo turned into an electronic band with all the latest electronic. It was it was what I loved. It was it fed my creative mind incredibly. So I play guitar, very good at that. But my programming in the early stages was the reason that I got into this whole new area and Roland Corporation became very interested in my ability to play and you know program. And then was that um, about in the 80s? Was that in the 80s? Yes, in the 80s, yeah. Yeah. So you were one of the leading forefronts probably over in Australia doing that sort of thing. Yeah, well that was another reason that I that I didn't get a recording contract was because we were just too far ahead. Yeah. And, And this is this is amazing. So the two of us, uh, we had a manager at that point, and we were we had amazing outfits, and we you know like craft. We had good craft work. Do you know of that band, craft yep. work? Sure, yeah, do. electronic. Well, we were like them, you know, we wow, robots and, and the whole bit. <laughs> and uh, then we got a, a very late booking to a, to ask to play before Klaus Schultz from Tangerine Dream. Wow. wow. Electronic band in the world. He was touring. Wow. And we got this phone call at 3 p.m. to can you get to the Capitol Theatre by, by 4 p.m., 4.30, because they can't fit anybody else on the stage. And you you, be, you two being a duo and ready, for, you know, we know you're that good. Well, can you do it? So our manager, yeah, we raced ahead. We got all the gear there. I was playing all the backing from a... Oh, you can't see it here, but I have a wonderful big um, ghetto blaster. It's one of the latest ones. I can show you. Oh, <laughs> that's, that China made one that plays everything: cassette, CD, USB, uh, and CD. So that's that's what's playing there. So. Wow. Anyway, um, so so we played that gig, 
and the managing director of Fairlight Industries, and Fairlight was the biggest and most elaborate and most expensive new keyboard computer in the world, only, only got by Stevie Wonder and people of that category, all yeah. the big people in the world. So anyway, uh, our manager at the time was painting for his money coming in. You know, we were getting somewhere. But he was painting Fairlight Industries in um, uh, Rushcutters Bay. And the, the manager of Fairlight said, oh, uh, I, I just wanted to tell you, I saw this duo last night because um, Klaus Schultz is interested in buying one of our Fairlights. He said, and they were mind-blowing. And uh, Christoph said, well, you're never going to guess what. I'm their manager. <laughs> so he says, no, you couldn't be. He said, yes, I, he was Swiss. He said, yes, I am. Very proud. We're going, we're, we're huge. We're going to take on the world. Absolutely. Wow. And uh, so anyway, so um, Kim said, do you think they'd like a fair light for the band? Oh, there's $27,000. Then I can supply one each for the boys. <laughs> so I was already big because we, we programmed all the Roland things and we sounded amazing. We did. I mean, I was ready for the big time. And uh, Klaus Schultz said to us after we played, I, I, I well, after we got the fair lights, he, came, he, he, he texted us and said, I want you on my European tour around Europe because uh, I want you to teach me how to play the fair light and also how to program. Fantastic. So at wow. That point, at that point, I finally went, hooray, <laughs> all the 15 years of hard work is going to pay off. But you never guess what. My, my other half, once he got his fair light and was his, he, he, his name's Mars Lazar. He's a, he's a very talented keyboard player. He won the piano concert at uh, the, the competition at the Opera House. Oh, right. That's how good he was. And he got into the band with me and, and he taught me a lot and I taught him a lot. But Kim Ryrie, unfortunately, took a liking to him. And I won't say if you know what I mean, more than a liking. And, uh, uh, I and asked sort of said to me, look, we don't want Roland gear with the Fairlight because it's got to be just Fairlight. And I said, well, that's that's no good to me because Fairlight's not quite not quite a, a good live instrument. I said, I've got all my gear here and, and, and whatever. So unfortunately, at that point, the whole thing disbanded. Oh. We, lost, we lost the manager. We lost another player. And so that's when the day when I said, that's enough. I'm going out on my own. Wow. wow, geez, so you pretty much got exactly what you wanted and then yeah. didn't and at least you didn't give up. Oh, no, really. not, no. I, I, so I went to Circular Kit. I recorded on that ghetto blaster like this. Yep. That's why we we impressed Klaus Schultz on so much and Kim because I played all of the backing to our gig with Klaus Schultz on the big ghetto blaster. So everything was perfect. I had it all mixed and down. Went oh, nice. straight out the back into their big, powerful 40,000-watt system and sound effect. That's what blew everyone's mind. It was yeah. fantastic. And that, that allowed my creativity to then say, okay, I'm going out on my own. So I recorded 60 tapes, Imagination. You'll have to hear them. They're, it's a great 
tape. And it's on it's on it's on, it's on the Spotify streaming the world right now, but it's um it's they haven't quite got it up to where every track is on there. And I'm trying to fix that at the moment mm-hmm. with them because it's People have to learn about my the, the electronic side because it's mm-hmm. a very, very important part. So then um, I went to a, uh, after I did the Imagination album and I sold 60 the day I went out to Circular Key. I sold $10 each and I finished up with $600. Well, that's all right. All right. Yes, that, was, that was the beginning. Yeah. So instead of uh, going around Europe, you went to Circular Key and major major mark. I went there and this and the and this first week I played, I asked the guy in the cafe there when it was a cafe and there were a cafe and there were two brass donut rings inside each other. I remember that those. Remember mm-hmm. that? Well, that's where I played. So I got a trip. I got a, a picture of here and the roadie van and everything. I had a roadie van and. Um, I played and the guy not only gave me the power, he said, can you come back next week, the owner of the cafe? Can you come back next week? I almost doubled my, my, my coffees. Oh, oh, yeah. I said, no problems. I'll be back. I'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be back. And then I, I organised another 60 tapes. But the following week, son, David Martin, of the Opera House manager, uh, you know, manager, was walking by to go to work at the opera house and he heard me playing. He couldn't believe it. And so he waited till I took a break and I was signing all the cassettes. That's what I used to do, sign the cassettes. Mm-hmm. would line up. And he said, he's quite a classy guy. He said, what are you doing here? You know? And I said, oh, I said, I'm just doing what I, I, I'm here for my music and this is what I'm doing. Have you seen the reaction? He goes, yeah, I have. He said, you're amazing. Thank you. And I see, he said, in fact, I'm going to tell my dad and I'm going to get you on the summer concert at the back of the opera house in three weeks. Oh, lovely. Oh, um, okay, yeah, okay. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah, still the vibe. So yeah. three weeks later, I've got the picture here in the back of the opera house on a big stage and I, I think I sold 100 tapes. Fantastic. And they paid me as well. And then, so that because my, my, you know, at that point, my business mind has always been good, right? So I said to David, hey, David, any chance of our you, you damn if I could play on, this, on the side of the opera house? Oh, because I'd started, you know, after the success of Circular Key and everything else. Mm-hmm. And he, so he talked to his dad and his dad said, yes, we can, we can allow that, David, but we can't pay him every week. And I said, I don't want to be paid. I just want to be there and what happened I used to I used to sell and you know uh I, it was just amazing people came from everywhere it would float across the harbor people come from there I had the airline crews all coming down my music and started getting on all the airlines it started- I was going to ask about well, yeah we were how you reading that, I read that. that so yeah. you got on United Airlines and Qantas Qantas of course of you playing at the side of the opera house was it yes all the all the flights United started once the word got out that anyone that flew in on the on the Saturday or the Sunday that find out was Ken playing they'd ring the opera house and say oh yes he's playing today when they come down and then and I had one one guy from um, from the Arab Emirates uh, you know and he he came up and 
and he just threw his credit card on the stand and said, I want everything. Everything needs recorded. And so anyway, so that's that's pretty much the taking off point because you we couldn't you couldn't get a better place to play than the opera it's in the opera house no, where they're permitting. I didn't even have to ask in the end. It was okay, that's your place, Ken. And the other place was just when when the opera house wasn't available, the other place was the little cafe as you come up to the the, uh, the opera house there, little tiny little place where you get your ice cream near the oyster bar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They, used to, they used to, I used to be able to plug in round the back to where to, they put the thing out the window. I grabbed that and I had that spot and I sold. I, it was just, I couldn't believe it. And then I had to hire staff and, it, and then I created uh, the mail order with friends and then, you know, that. That was all started to, and then I went here, then I went to Blacktown, then I went to Penrith, then I went to, you know, every week, uh, Parramatta Mall, I'd just be out there, play, 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 play. Yeah, wow. That's what, that's what got me right to the, to the, the next stage, and then, I, and then off I went to America. Well, maybe we should have a short break. We'll have a short break. And then we can yeah. find out a little bit yeah. more about that bit. Okay, cool. We'll oh. take a short break and we're going to be, be back, back with Ken. Ken. Superstar. Okay. You are listening to Everyday Journey, inspiring conversations, brought to you by Conscious Waves. Well, we're back. We're back with Ken. We've got Ken, and he's just told us about an amazing situation of where he got up to playing at the Opera House and and so many other venues, selling his tapes, how he got there. He's on the airlines playing, or your music was getting played on the airlines. That's how it is. So we're probably, what, at the end of the 80s about now, are we, Ken? Uh, yeah, getting mid to yeah, end of the 80s, yes. All right, and then at all, and all was happening then, it was full on. It was, I was playing every place in, in uh, not only Sydney, all the Blacktown, Penrith, Opera House. I opened Darling Harbour too, that was another big oh, oh, wow, I opened Darling Harbour Festival Marketplace. So, where did we can get to play? Under the Dolphins, which are my signature, you know, and between the uh, between the escalators and the waterfall, remember? Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. I do remember wow. that. Oh, yes. Oh, that was a perfect place. place. Nice. Now, that, so that was an absolute gold mine for me. I yeah. used to be there. Again, I'd ring up. They'd say, Ken, you can play today. Great. On the phone to the roadie, we're playing uh, Darling Harbour Festival Marketplace. And then if I wasn't playing there, they say, Ken, you can play over under the viaduct there. That'll be your own little place as well. So Saturdays and Sundays, I'll be selling three, four hundred tapes and CDs. And wow. Getting better and better. I'm playing Arabic music. I mean, my Arabic is, comes totally from soul. It's mm-hmm. like so powerful and I, no one showed me what to play. I learned the scale and then I just used all of my intuition with that scale and all of my um, expertise mm-hmm. and that people came from everywhere. It was me, oh, where's that Arabic? Where's that Arabic? I love that Arabic. <laughs> I had the, at that stage I had the most powerful drum machine in the world, the Lin drum, the Roger Lin. And um, and also, you know, the biggest keyboard setup in the world, just about. I had nine keyboards. Nine? Wow. 
And they were all programmed. All I had to do was, was like hit a button and most of them were, were all programmed to play their parts and then I just had to play the melody over the top and move between one and, and the other. And when people used to watch me, you know, people come up and say, wow. And that's what ended up being why everybody kept buying. It was because they saw me and they went, wow, who's this guy? And, and at that stage, it was blowing their minds because I my gift was to play the most. And I, I realised then my gift was melody. The melody is love and love is here. Mm-hmm. It comes from here. It's, and my, I've done love albums. I've, I've written about love, love, all sorts of dimensions of love, the many dimensions of love, friendship mm-hmm. love, beautiful love, ordinary love, animal love. They're all di- different dimensions, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and, and people need to realise which dimension which love is in because then we'd probably be able to eradicate all the divorce and everything else. I've even got the the the, the thing for that to stop all the divorces. One, three, and five-year uh, uh, concept. Uh, so, in other words, you, you get you get married. So, within a year, you'll know you, you'll know whether you, you know whether you want to stay together or not without all the whatever. And so, therefore, you if you want to stay together, the next one it will be you know, three years or whatever, and there's children, that's okay. But then by that stage, usually everything's working out. And all with all the all the love energy and everything to men, I'm really into getting into men. They have to dress up. They have to be really lovely to the, their ladies, you know, to be nice to them. The best thing to, be, to get out of to, your best out of a woman is to look after her, make her feel fantastic, you know, and, and also but then be able to say, look, you know how do, how far are you going to go to to you know to to allow me to I need to feel comfortable about supporting you and the children and everything else and then those two have to start relating like you two would know in a way that dissipates all of the really bad energy that takes place in this out we're in a pandemic of of, of violence yeah. women you know and it's all to do with just so much tension and not enough love and not enough caring and not, you know. So I remember uh, as ambassador for the future, I was always thinking, okay, how do I, how do I start going, you know, I do some television advertising. I need to get just, uh, but it's simple. You just want to just say, yeah, we need some love. Yep. Mm. Just simple things like that. Totally, it's, it's yeah, not yeah, just yeah. love for somebody else. It's it's that love for yourself, yourself. and yeah. and that spreads to so many love. And I love I, that you're saying that there's so many different levels of it. I that's really oh, interesting. Absolutely, people people always say, "Oh, you love me, or you don't you don't you love me anymore?" Yeah, yeah, and all this bogan stuff. No, it's about where are we in this in this relationship in terms of our love. And I've got a ladder. <laughs> and my ladder's ten rungs high, and I've had I've had lovely relationships. But if the lady gets it's not happening or whatever, I if it's going up to like seven and eight rungs, I'm saying okay, this is good. This is where I want to be from now on. And if we get to ten, we're going to be in bliss. But if they do the wrong thing, I and I haven't had they oh what I can't say they they wanted to marry me, but I. Was married to my music. That's the other thing I wanted to tell, talk to you about. I'm married to my music, and my and my essence is to change the world. 
through my music. And if I met a partner who realised that that is, you know, for her role is to support me and be part of that, that's okay. But that never happened Mm. quite the way I needed at the time. I'm very happy now on my own, still doing my own thing, but I have a lovely lady friend who's a concert violinist. She's got her own place. I've got mine and and but we we do have a really lovely relationship in the mm. situation that's better than us living together and, and a lot of attention coming up because she wants her career and this and everything else and I need but I need my so I've I've built her up to be very, very good. I bought her violins, she came from China, bought her violins and and she's she organized the trip to violin um, to China for us. Oh, wonderful! Yeah, so mm. she's a she was a university professor in China. So wow. she was beginner. She's very and also very, you know, very uh, nice and yeah. So that was good. But oh. uh, again, you know, the levels of love, all that thing. It, so many things need to be implemented, especially in this in this situation we're in, where there's mm. you know this we've been through the pandemic and all that. And, mm. and now we've got AI coming on board. We've got a lot of, we've got the, the cost of living going up and all these things. It's, it's a changed world. And people, mm. as ambassador, I have to tell people, people, you have to start getting ready for the changes. There's dramatic mm. change coming. Then it's not dramatic as long as the AI doesn't get out of hand. The yeah. AI gets out of hand. It's, 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 I've been watching all of the AI technology. And the guys at the top wish that it had never been released without approval, but it has been released. Mm. It's on the wrong hands, it's dangerous. On the on the right hands, there's a, 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 a an Indian uh, professor in the medical has asked uh, AI already things that she's. Uh, been working on for 15 years, they're already giving her answers beyond her capability of how to cure cancer, how to mm. cure everything. So in the end, that's the good side. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's the good side. side. Is the guys in the dark web who, who can really manipulate terrible things. Mm. That's what we're going to have to put up with. Yeah. yeah. So I, I love this whole idea about your the ambassador for the future. Is that what it's called? Yes. Well, that, that's wonderful. We'll get back to that in a minute. But I want to, there was something that I, that was pretty close to our heart and that you've created a healing wards in Sydney North Shore Hospital. Well, what happened was, uh, it, this is now the year 2002, lovely Canadian girl had come to Australia on a working visa and got, um, what's the red corpuscles, the cancer of the blood? Uh, leukemia? Yeah, leukemia. And, um she she wrote to me and said, uh, Ken, I've heard your music and uh, I wondered if you'd be interested in some healing rooms. And I said, well, it's amazing because I, I said, I've been talking about these healing rooms for years and I wanted them in every state and I wanted to also be able to stop the teenage suicide. I know how to do that. Mm-hmm. The thing is that they come to these healing homes and healing wards, and they they're they're in trouble. They need really good uh, you know therapy to get over the you know the, the really bad time that they're going through, and, and looked after. And then after whatever time, be two three days or a week or whatever, 
in good in, and if they've got family problems they don't have to go back to the family they they can have time out for a while these they need to be healed and uh, if that was in place now we I, I guarantee I would have got rid of probably 90 percent of the teenage suicide mm. and uh, and so all this knowledge was just for me was just a part of the my profile, this is my profile. That's why I have to pull 20,000 people into Darling Harbour and play for them. Then they listen to what I've got to say and then I've got a whole team behind me, like you guys and other people, all backing me up. Mm. Wow, wow, team. I'm the essence to make it work, but then there's a team behind that just all there. In exactly in the right place, all with the right ideas. Just like anything, when you've got that sort of, you know, you know, you can't get in 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 a politician because so many people say, "Can you should be a politician?" I said, "No, I'm not. I come up with the ideas for change. Once they're implemented, it's the next change, and I'm on. I, I've got, you know, I've got Chinook helicopters lifting." Accommodation into rainforests. I've got I've got the Aboriginal guys all out of jail planting trees. You know, I've got all this stuff happening, and let the team look after that. I'm on to the next thing. Next, I want PJs at all the all the all the schools from eight o'clock. They can have a DJ and great music, so they're all bived up for their classes and feeling no, really good. And they and every week it changes. So. They, you know, they had DJ machines bought by the school, but all the guys that would love it. And then, you know, that's just the one part of, of another idea because in the end, schools are not going to be there for normal. It's all going to be done online. This is all part of AI coming. School's going to be a thing of the past. There's too many crystal children around now. There's too many that just want to get on with what they want to do, and at 12 and 14 years old, you know, there's a lot of entrepreneurial people that you probably know from, from you being a teacher and whatever. These are the things that are all coming. Here are two messages that were sent to me in a meditation. Music from the heart, feelings from within, expressed as a vision for mankind to begin, to open the heart, let the spirit soar free, and to help each other mature spiritually. Music is the way for us all to begin. To realise love can remove all the sins. To unite us in spirit so we can be as one. No hunger, no wars, give up the guns. Let us help all souls follow their path towards love. Music is the key sent from angels above. To open the heart, let the spirit soar free. Divine in our universe is the love. And the key. Oh, that's beautiful. 1984 wrote that. Oh, wow. Wow. Now, you were just in, when we had that break before, you you read some other beautiful poem that you were talking about Australia, weren't you? Would you share that with us? I'd love to do that. It's my poem for prosperity. Yes, please. Oh, that's right. Yeah, beautiful. If all the creative ideas in Australia were heard in one day, I guarantee great change would come to live life in a better way. Get rid of all the pollution. Get rid of all the greed. All people paying their taxes in return for creative needs. We have all the resources for greatness. We have people proud and free. Give them a chance to be heard in a way. 
to build our prosperity. I am but one Australian who cares for our future and knows that ideas from all Australia will help us all to grow. Kim Davis for the Prosperity of Australia. Oh, that's that's wonderful. I love all of these things. And here I was thinking earlier, before we had you on the podcast, that you just wrote ambient music and good meditation music. Yeah. Oh, I was so far <laughs> off the mark. This has been amazing. That's why it's a journey. That's why we call it everyday journeys. It's it's yeah. a journey. Isn't it what you see on the outside is never really what's gone on, like that 15 years to get to a particular place that then all changed and, mm-hmm. you know, all of those things. It's really been a process. So what some of the let, let us know some of the highs. That you've, well, you know, well, you've uh, okay. So um, I I went to my I st- I had um, several record companies offer me uh, some sort of a deal, uh, but by that stage I'd learned everything and every rule and everything about what a CEO of a music company does. So you can imagine the head the head of Sony or the head of Universal or whatever, whatever. Uh, so I created Ken Davis Music International Proprietary Limited. And I went over to, to Cannes, where the Cannes Film Festival is. It's mm-hmm. a music festival. First year there, I met a Canadian distributor of music. Big CEOs go there on their big salaries, living it all up and whatever. Ken flies there on his own. You pay him for his own, pay him for everything on his own, or the company was paying, but, you know. So I get there and uh, I meet a Canadian uh, distributor, Frank Swain from Holborn. And what you do at Cannes is meet at all these booths and you discuss term, percentage, and the the samples. So at that stage I had about six to ten tapes out and they were all selling really well. Really well. I had them in all of the all of the Lotus Music Shop in Paddington. I played at Paddington Market for a year. It was just all you know. The, the business was really really fantastic. So Frank took my six cassettes back to Canada and offered me a deal for the whole of Canada. Not only that, he had all of the Canadian and American. You know all of where they were. In their locations and in, on, on, on uh, aircraft carriers, you know, aircraft carriers, out, you know, everywhere, he had they had the music, and then he came up with these interactives, which were little tiny units as well. That's another story. But he gave me a deal, and it was unbelievable. Yeah. And then, then I get this call from a lady in Hawaii. Uh, is that Ken Davis? Yes. Oh. My name's um, uh, Linda, Linda uh, Zelowski. And uh, I wonder, I've just got your uh, Dolphin Magic album and I've just seen your Paul of the Dolphin album. And now there's the Dolphin experience. Do you have distribution in America? <laughs> I said, I do. I have all the new age distributors in America. On I, do, I got all those then, all of the, the big ones. But... She said, my husband is Danny Zalisco and he's the biggest promoter in Arizona. And he brings in, he brings in everybody, Joe Cocker, the Beatles, oh. Rolling Stones, and wondered whether you might think about coming to America. 
And I said, yes, I'm coming. <laughs> Get on the next time. <laughs> yeah. And anyway, so I went over there and I had several conversations with him. It was a, such a shame because the deal did not go through and yet I proved myself. I told him I'm a golden egg. Uh, I did one show. We, we sold $2,000 worth of uh, product on the street. The deal was I was going to do, I was going to give him $10,000. I wanted him to put in $10,000 and he was going to get 50% of my business because I knew that if I'm in America and he's going to get me on all these shows, you can have 50%. I don't care, you know. Mm. I'm out. I wanted my wanted uh, my vision at that stage was my big show coming to Vegas, mm-hmm. and he could have built it there. He, he had that power, he had the money, he had the influence, everything. But unfortunately, this thing broke down, and it got really difficult. I couldn't negotiate anymore, so I had to come back to Australia. Well, I, I was doing so well here. I came back here, and I just went, well, you know, I'm doing that well. Um, you know, so it, that was a bit of a low because mm. I thought I thought that was you know that was the next stage, and that by now I would I wouldn't be talking to you such I'd be no I mean I'd be talking to you in a from a global enterprise Ken Davis Ken Davis the Ken David not the Ken Davis yes the Ken Davis <laughs> I still think you're about I still Ken think Davis. You're I'm about, still yeah. seeing you as yes. somebody that's got has done an amazing amount of things, mm. has given us already so much and has so much knowledge, so much still to give. give. And yeah. I, I I just hope that something's going to give somewhat time soon for all of this to actually come yeah. to fruition because I'm, I'm so excited I'm so inspired yeah. by your wonderful thoughts and your care about the world and the people well, in it. absolutely, the environment. Now, just a couple of letdowns. One is that I... I, I wrote the Rainbow Warrior. When they sank the Rainbow Warrior, the very next day I wrote the most powerful track to the rain, for the Rainbow Warrior and the environment. And it it's on my you can get it now on Spotify. Just say uh, Rainbow Warrior, Ken Davis. Mm-hmm. I've got a live at the Sydney Opera House uh, CDL. Uh, or it, if it's not on that one, it's on um the uh, vintage album, which I've released a lot of the early. Now, my idea, just to give an idea with with uh, Greenpeace, was here I've written The Rainbow Warrior. I've written Antarctica. I've got all this beautiful music on the CD, Rainbow Warrior. And all you've got to do is let me play and I'll, I'll make Greenpeace the biggest thing in the world. All you got to do is say, Ken, we're right behind you, and you got me right. Cost you nothing because I'm here for you. They didn't take it on. Wow. The next one was the Sea Shepherd Society, Captain Paul Watson. I met with him on the on the on the on the uh, uh, the Barker. What was it? The Bob Barker or something shipped out there. And I told him, I said, Look, I'll, I want to help you guys, Sea Shepherd. I said, I want to stop the whale. What you're doing is stopping the whaling. It's brilliant. And I want to, I want to help you. You know, I want to make this huge. And I said, but there's a couple of things that I really like. One is I'm not into black as such. Always everything has to be black. They're not black and white. How about we have a beautiful picture of a, uh, you know, like a, a whale on a beautiful white T-shirt and, a, you know, like 
because some people like white. I'm a white guy. I, I mean, I do wear black if I have to, but white, I'm white, in white you know. And uh, I think it just might. I gave them a whole bunch of CDs too, and I said, I'm here for you, Sea Shepherd. I, but, uh, you know, I'd like a few little changes because I was already, you know, powerful. I'm going to go out there and play. I want it to be everything to be right for you, everything right for me. And that one fell through. Then the last one was Mercy Ships. Oh, yeah. I offered them for me to be the ambassador of the future for the Mercy Ships. And they, they didn't get back to me and take on. I said, you guys, on your, on the, with the contract for the Opera House, they have to put give you one or two uh, venues per year to the charities. So you get the venue and you say, it's Ken Davis going to play in concert. And he's going to, all the money's going to the Mercy Ships. And so we will put on, the Opera House will give us the venue. Ken will do the big concert. I've got other players, brilliant, world-class players that would all be in there playing as well, right? Be mind-blowing. And they didn't get back to me. They just just died, the whole thing. And the guy was overseas launching a new Mercy Ship. I'd already donated quite a bit of money to them to help them. And I felt really good about the mercy ships. I went, oh, you know, I really want, because I'm in a position of strength now. I don't have to, you know, I'm here for the right people just to say, give it, press the button and it'll I go. And any any sort of negativity or whatever that I'm carrying because the doors are closed, I'll open up like an like a unbelievable, and the world will go, wow, where's this guy been? You, you, how do you crunched him back into this? thing for 20 years he's been trying to say here i am take on the world (laughs) change the world in a way that everybody's waiting for there's only a few leaders in the world that can do that one is through music and the other is belief and the team behind the belief that's it i told every and now i'm suffering quite a bit with it's not anything to do with depression or anything like that it's to do with being crushed Mm. I'm crushed. Mm. This is the first thing I've done now for for months. I should be out in the community doing – there's another thing I did. I have a friend that's uh, uh, got the uh, Jack the Super Prawn. Jack the Super Prawn is this amazing animated guy that he's created for the children to learn about anti-pollution and get rid of all the plastic at the infant level. So I played at this massive college only six months ago, and it was a complete success. The whole thing was just behind the big screens. I'm up there. I only had to do one or two songs, and I, and they had a grand piano for me as well to tinkle on while they were a few, you know, talking and that just amb- you know, some lovely ambience and that. Kids loved it. And they went nuts. I was in my white suit, top hat, and I'm and I, you know, I wrote, I'm an, I'm here for the, I'm a a natural person with a global audience, you know, or children, it doesn't matter who they are, I just love them all, you know, and I want them to be happy and I want you know, here I am, I'm a guy that can do all this. Not only that, I'm pair, look good, look amazing for my age. I'm 75 this year, you know. Yeah, you don't look at, you're right. You're right. Well, yeah, but I, I, I sort of, you know, you can imagine when I was 50 and I had this belief in everything then, 25 years I've been crushed. 25 years I've been crushed because I haven't had the release. All these other people get the release. All the other you know, the whole plays, the 
you know, all these other people that, you know, the global bloody things, and half of them never sing about any issues. I sing about the issues. Mm-hmm. Let's, take the, my, let's take the time song. Listen to this one. Let's take the time so we'll be sure. Let's take the time and be mature. Our lives are changing like the sea. Our hearts still needing to be free. There'll come a time when we both know, or as we touch, our hearts aglow. And as we love, a child is born to bring the world more love, more love, more love. Mm. That's my lyric. I put that into AI, that lyric, Mm -hmm. to see what AI created, the most beautiful song uh, story that made me cry. Because Mm. they, for all of the time in my, my world, I'd never had anybody that could write lyrics that were like mine to, for my music. They levitated it to Ken Davis level and above, and I cried. Wow. They created two people who were so in love and so looking to how I talked to you about the levels of love, and it mm. explained all those levels. She was an artist. He was something else, and they related. They loved each other. They wanted a child. They talked about it. They did all that and they embraced and the child was born in love, mm. born out of sex. Mm. This mm. terrible thing that's going on now, all about sex, nothing about a beautiful love between mm. two people. That love, one nurtured, nurtures the child, nurtures everybody, and that's all gone. It's all just now sex, uh, Tinder and sex, more sex. Mm. Sad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Love yeah. energy was... It was the reason people got together and loved each other and supported each other, and the children were were, were planned in a way that was, you know, in, in their love embrace. Hmm. They wanted children together. Yeah. So you know, that's that's uh, yeah. That so that AI thing really really blew my mind because I thought I'm going to put some other lyrics like my poem, poem for prosperity. I'll put that in there and see what they come up with. They'll yeah. Go, I like to think of it as angel intelligence. That's how I think of it because I do think sometimes you get the most amazing, beautiful things that come back at you. And I think that that, that is, like there you said before, a- there is a good side of yeah. AI oh, that, you yes. know, can expand and can and can be actually way more creative than I thought. Well, that, well, let me just tell you the statistics. The statistics are that within two years, chat GPT 4 and 5, will be 400 to 4,000 times more intelligent than the most intelligent person IQ in the world. Wow. On that, we might take another break, and I think you might come back with Yes, uh, I've got the, I've got the, we're going to find out two more things. Two more things from Ken. Yep. So let's hold on to that, yep. um, those two questions, yep. and we're going to be right back with uh, Ken. Check out our website for podcasts, articles, inspiration, and more. Have you signed up for our monthly newsletter? Go to www.consciouswaves.life and join us to receive yours now. Welcome back. We're Welcome back. back. We're Ken. back with Ken. Oh, and like we said, we could go and probably talk to oh, Ken forever, so we might have to have him back again. I think, I think there there's... definitely will be a couple of sequels. I think so. Which hundred percent fantastic. I'll be looking forward to them too. Yeah. Um. One. So we've got probably two questions. Yeah. One that I'm actually really keen about. We were so fortunate to get in touch with you because, like I said, we've known you since 
the 80s. We've had some of your music. We didn't know a whole lot about this. But our very good friend and mentor, Beverly Bultitude, when we had her on our podcast, she said, oh, I just know people that would love to be on. And she gave us a lot of names and yours was one of them. And she said, you've got to be getting in touch with Ken. And she has spoken about you before when she came to visit us when we moved from Sydney to Gerringong. Mm. She had wonderful ideas. She could turn this into a a sound studio like my friend Ken. And she would talk about you. So we know that you guys have known each other. I'd love to find out how did you get, how did you two meet? Uh, from the memory's not that great about um, the actual initial meeting. I think it was Beverly that uh, contacted me, like many people in the alternative uh, areas, to do their, their, uh, their one of the music on the back of the tapes and whatever. Right. To get a lot of those, and um, and Beverly was one. Uh, it was I, I did the Beverly. I've got one of the tapes somewhere. Uh, Beverly's uh, did the. I think it was for, for women having babies. Okay. Yep. Okay. So she came to meet me. I'm always really open and trying to help everybody. And I recorded it for her. And um, and so that's how it started. And then after that, uh, just uh, constantly in touch. She used to come to all my parties. Yeah, I'd invite her and Beryl. Oh yes, Beryl, Beryl. She's still going strong. Yeah. We, we two saw... of them, two of them would come, and they and and it just you know that that respect it just grew, and I included them for every party right up to about sixty five and whatever. Very exciting. And well, I, I know that she speaks yeah. very highly, very highly of you, and again, it's with gratitude that you've come on, and we've found out so much about you. Yeah. But the clunking question, we ask this to every one of our podcast guests. So if you can, could you please share one bit of advice? So if you could talk to everybody in the whole world in this one bit, what bit of advice would you think that can help people? Be tolerant, be kind, and take time to hug because I'm, I'm a guy that loves to hug and when you and that way. <laughs> A hug really shows the personality of a person giving the hug. Mm. And also to help Mother Earth cope with and and, and everyone who has to endure uh, whatever's coming. In the, you know, we've seen it in the floods where people just go out of their way to help their, their community and things like that, you know. And also I live in Tango Avenue. So that was another gift. Tango, love it. That's nice. Well, hasn't it been wonderful to have, Ken? We've got yeah. so many more stories, so much more to find out about this amazing man. Yeah. He has such an amazing connection, a wonderful following. I think the last thing that I know that you, um, it was not long after we got in touch with you, you'd put something out in July called Forever the Dream and you had something like 24,000 streams in a couple of days. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It all of a sudden hit people and, and they were passing it on and, yeah, no, it's fantastic. Well, it's we're like ready it. to support you, Ken, that's, that's right. for sure, because we're, yeah, we're definitely behind things like making, this, 100% yeah, yeah. making a difference. Making a difference. And, and I know that Ken has been doing that for a really long time and yeah. he is going to do it for a really long, long time, time again. Ken. Very, very grateful. Thank you so, so very much. much for your time. We're going to put up some links to all your YouTubes and 
we'll we'll make sure that we get a couple of uh, clips of yours so that we can spread the love and yeah. people can you know start remembering who you are because you did go quiet and we we missed you for a bit so now it's glad that I know you've always been there and you've gone through your times but it's been absolutely fabulous thank you for letting us in mm-hmm. and sharing so many wonderful ideas and so much music and I'm I yeah. think we're we're very blessed that you've landed yourself in Australia and that you haven't ever given up. And I really, I think that's wonderful. Thanks a lot. And it is with love and gratitude that we say goodbye to Ken for the moment yeah. and can't wait to have you back. So thanks so very much. We love you, Ken. Yeah, we thanks do. a lot. Lots I of can't... hugs to you. Yeah. <laughs> See ya. Ken Davis, what an amazing story, an amazing journey. Yes, wow. And he's got so, so, so much more to give. I know. And so he was saying off air that he'd love to come back and do a sequel. Yeah. So I I think we've got a lot to. I definitely know uh, we'll be having Ken back again. Yeah. And look, you know, I think it'd be amazing to actually see him perform live. I didn't know he did that. Mm. So there's a lot that we've learned about. Ken, but definitely his passion for a bigger, brighter future oh, is one yes. that I know that he is particularly passionate about. And, and, uh, and sharing the love. Hmm. It really is out about sharing the love and, and connecting. Yeah, and it is, it's a lovely, simple thing that we all need to do. Mm. Like we've said, all of our guests have been spot on with all the, the wonderful inspirations they can give us. So yeah. I really do hope you enjoyed Ken Davis. If you've ever listened to some of his music, might be a time to uh, re-listen. Yeah. I know that his Forever the Dream that came out in, in July is a beautiful album. Um, so this is from a guy who, you know, backed Sherbet back in the day to, to be an ambient music composer. I know. I know. And, you know, wow. he's got some wonderful wonderful ideas so it was great to have you thank you for listening and i'm louise and i'm chris and we are conscious Conscious waves Waves. see See you later Bye. bye you have been listening to everyday journey inspiring conversations brought to you by conscious waves